It gives us great joy. Every time we hear a testimony, we hear people speak of God and what he does in our lives. And there are many testimonies that we hear constantly. And so you today also will be a testimony and a witness for the honor and glory of our God. May God bless you all. I greet you with great affection. All the brothers and sisters, all people, children, those that are newcomers, people of other denominations, a greeting to you all. And I congratulate you for your taking the time to listen to the sermon and to reflect and read the Bible. And in these past days, we've been reading verses of the Bible, and it is very beautiful to learn of our God. For every time we open the Bible and we reflect on a verse of the Bible, God is there working miracles. God is manifesting himself. He is cleansing, delivering people. Many people share with me They share that when we are reading the Bible and when we're reflecting on the sermon. They have been healed. They have been delivered of witchcraft and sorcery. People who have been tormented by unclean spirits have also been cleansed, freed, and they no longer feel these sensations or this, these disturbances that don't allow them to sleep, have peace or tranquility. So all of these disturbing spirits that come, they leave the body of people. And this is with the teachings. It's not even with the prayer, but with the teachings alone. Well, with greater reason, when we do make our prayer, all of us, the great miracles God works are multiple. And so you all will receive that benefit, your blessing. And we must set our heart and do everything with love, having a sincere heart to please our God, the creator of the heavens and earth. And so I send you all this greeting and these words of encouragement. And today, before we begin, we begin our teaching, we're going to sing to the Lord and at home, you're singing with the instrument that you have, with the instruments that you have, which is your throats, your mouth, your tongue. What else do we use to sing to our God? Our heart. And so we're going to sing to the Lord a hymn titled, and it's 212, Just a Closer Walk with Thee. Hymn 212, Just a Closer Walk with Thee. To walk or to be with the Lord is the same. 2.12 in your hymnal books. And we will sing to the Lord with all joy and great gladness in our being. I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long. 
As I walk, let me walk close to thee. Just stay closer, walk with thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea. Daily walking close to thee. Let it be, dear Lord, let it be. When my feeble life is o'er, time for me will be no more. Guide me gently, safely o'er, to thy kingdom shore, to thy shore. Just stay closer, walk with thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea. Daily walking close to thee. Let it be, dear Lord, let it be. And we'll sing it again. I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long as I walk. Let me walk close to thee. And now the Lord, he does deserve all praise and glory, all honor. How beautiful it is to sing to the Lord with all of our heart. And while we are not professional singers, but we sing to God with our soul, with all of our being, with all of our heart. And this is what God observes, the sincerity. And so we, we will sing to the Lord and we will compose songs to him to also sing as well. There are many brothers and sisters that write to me and they share, I wrote a hymn or a chorus. I wrote a song for God. And I say, well, sing to the Lord anytime you can when you gather and you congregate to praise and pray to the Lord. Sing to him with what you are writing and composing. That is for God. The hymns and the choruses we sing, they are for God. And they are never for us to exhibit ourselves or to show people or show the world or to put on a spectacle and for people to sit down and listen to us sing no we are singing to our god that is what we do for him is all the honor praise and glory and you may now be seated and you may get comfortable in your place and today we will be discussing we'll be discussing the prophets we are going to be discussing the prophets that existed, that exist and will exist in the time of antiquity. From the time God created man, God raised prophets, raised up prophets, and as man ate from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, from there on forward, not only did good rule, but also evil began to rule in mankind. The enemy of God, he sowed tares, 
sold, he sowed malice and taught man to sin. The enemy, he taught men and women to sin and invented all sorts of sin and disobedience. When God gave an order, he would say, no, you must do the opposite. Now, when God said to Eve, do not eat of this fruit of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, well, the devil said, yes, eat it, eat that from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now we see the opposite things contradicting what God has said. And now once God gave an order, well, the devil is there, the enemy is there to contradict and say no. And so that is how he seduced mankind to contradict God. And so we're going to discuss prophets because God established prophets in the time of antiquity. And the first prophets, the patriarchs, such as Metuselech, Lamech, Noah, and before the flood, they were prophets. They were priests. They were judges, governors. They did all of this work. The patriarch they governed their tribe. Now, after this, the Lord comes and speaks to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then the Lord forms his people Israel. And in the people of Israel, the Lord gave certain orders, and he said he was going to raise up prophets. But God also warned. He said, in the midst of the prophets that I'm going to raise up, there will also be false prophets. Because, well, the opposite needed to exist as well. Not just were there going to be true prophets, but the enemy, he too would be raising up his prophets in his own way to deceive men and women, to deceive the people of Israel and to deceive the followers of God. And all of that the devil began to do from the very beginning, even to this day. This is why today we're going to read concerning the true prophets the true prophets God established in the time of antiquity. We're not going to read all the verses, for there are many. We're going to read some. And we're also going to be reading concerning those false prophets. For there were true prophets and there were false prophets in the time of antiquity. And in the present, when our Lord Jesus Christ came, the Lord Jesus Christ also said, Take heed of those false prophets. I will establish prophets in my church. I will appoint apostles. But be wise and be careful, for the enemy is coming, and he will place what is false. And so this is the battle. This is our constant battle that we have had from the time that we have gotten to know the Lord. We are fighting and battling, and we are always seeking the truth, what is true, and fighting against what is evil, fighting against that, those forces of the enemy. And so we're going to be studying this today so that all the brothers and sisters and all people, even from other denominations, may learn. Everyone may learn. We're all going to learn today. And God is going to enlighten us. And so as we read the verses, we begin to develop the teaching. And here we're opening in Numbers chapter 12. Numbers. Of the five books of Moses, we're opening in Numbers chapter 12, verse 6. The Lord is speaking, speaking to Moses. There was Aaron and Miriam. They were a brother and sister to Moses, and Aaron was the high priest, 
and now Miriam was a prophetess and along the way we're going to be speaking that women also participated with the spiritual gifts God granted in the time of antiquity and also after our Lord Jesus Christ the Lord has used women it's not just men but women too and here Miriam she was a prophetess now we call a woman a prophetess and a man is a prophet so that we are understanding those who had never heard mentioned these words the men are prophets women are prophetesses now miriam she was a prophetess and aaron he was a prophet as well and they at some point they were not agreeing with moses but god was angered for Miriam and Aaron had not respected and valued Moses. And he said to them, You must respect Moses, for I have elected him, and I have placed him here to be the leader of the people of Israel. And you must respect him, for I will punish those who do not respect him. And in verse 6 he says, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Now God is saying that when the Lord gave prophets to the people of Israel, because as I mentioned before, in the time before Noah, there were prophets, all the patriarchs, they were prophets. Abraham was a prophet. But the Lord now was going to form his people with Moses and he said to them I'm going to establish and appoint prophets and when there are prophets I will appear to them in a vision or a dream this is how I will speak with the prophets but I will make an exception with my servant Moses so with my servant Moses as he has been faithful in all my house I speak with him face to face this is said so here in verse 8 I speak with him, with Moses, face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings. Now, dark sayings, these are figures or illustrations, meaning that when you speak in visions and dreams, those are figures, those are illustrations that God uses to speak to a person. But he says, with Moses, I will speak face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord, the form, not his face. And he says, when and be fearful, be fearful, be, or be careful in speaking against my servant Moses. Now, we're going to focus here again on the prophets, that God would be speaking to the prophets by visions and dreams. This is why in all of the Bible we find when God speaks to the prophet and gives orders, he tells the prophet, so says the Lord, go. He tells Ezekiel, or to Isaiah, go and tell the people. And so people, they ask, well, how did God speak to the prophets? How did he tell them? And the prophet narrates his story and he says, and so in the spirit, I was taken to the city and there God showed me this and that. And so people ask, well, how did he go in spirit? Let us not forget it is through visions and dreams. Visions is like seeing a movie. Like when you are standing before a giant screen and you're watching a movie and you think it's real. 
But if you go to touch it, well, it's 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 not something that you can touch because it's a screen. But you're watching the movie and everything that is there seems real. That is how God would speak to the prophets. That is how God said he would speak to them except with Moses. Now in dreams, it's the same way. And so we are discussing the prophets. Let us now go on to Deuteronomy chapter 13. Deuteronomy 13 verse 1 and it says the Lord once again repeats or Moses once again repeats to the people and he says to them now Moses is speaking God said if there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and he gives you a sign or a wonder and the sign or the wonder comes to pass of which he spoke to you saying let us go after other gods which you have not known and let us serve them now take heed on what this is saying regarding this prophet that god said when a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises and tells you let us go after other gods let us serve them then you will realize that this prophet is not a true prophet. This is a false prophet. Why? Because God had already given the teaching that he needed to be served and honored in spirit and truth. And it is only God who you serve. And there is no need to serve or worship idols or figures or statues paintings or figures or statues of men or women or worship the moon the stars and zodiac signs god had prohibited it in his commandments and the lord said it is only me you must honor me in spirit and do not create figures of earthly things with me nor say that this image is i do not do that said the lord whoever does that will be punished and so the Lord is saying, if there arises among you, he's telling the people of Israel, a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and tells you to go worship other idols or worship other gods, immediately you will realize this is not from God. This prophet is not from God. This is a false prophet. The devil has sent him. And you will tell that prophet, I do not believe you. You are a liar for God. This is the doctrine and the doctrine is that God is spirit. In, and in spirit and truth, we must worship him and follow him. And we should not make any physical gods of him here on earth. We should not create any figure or any image or any statue saying he is our God who made us and who was with Adam and Eve and who was in Eden. No. And as I know the doctrine, immediately we reject. We reject that false prophet. And so, we are learning. We are learning what is true and what is false. For sometimes, people quickly judge. And here, as we continue reading, we understand many things. And we also learn how to distinguish between the good and the bad. To distinguish what is true and what is false. The prophets of God and those false prophets. And what is the motive, or why do we call a false prophet? Why do we call them false? Here in this verse, we've learned that he is saying, go worship other gods. 
There we know that this is a false prophet, but there are other circumstances that could present themselves that we must learn. Let us continue in first of Kings. First Kings chapter 18 verse 4. First Kings 18 verse 4. First Kings 18 verse 4 and it says now we find here the prophet Elijah who in the time of the prophet Elijah God used this prophet to bring messages to the people of Israel and the people of Israel were in a bad state they were sinning they were offending God and committing all sorts of abominations there was much sin and much disobedience they had become idolaters they had began to defile and profane the temple of God with idolatry they also began to harm their own neighbors began to steal and take away the little that the poor had. They began to treat people badly. They began to rule badly. And so God sent them the prophet Elijah to the kings of Israel, to those of Judah. He sent them with messages to the, for them to repent and to correct their evil ways and to do things correctly in the eyes of God. But nevertheless, they did not pay attention to the prophet. 1 Kings 18, verse 4. For so it was while Jezebel, she was the wife of a king of Israel, the king of Ahab. Now, for while Jezebel massacred the prophets of the Lord, that Abadiah had taken 100 prophets, Abadiah was a priest, he had taken 100 prophets and hidden them, 50 to a cave, and had fed them with bread and water. And so, these prophets of God, they were being persecuted. And what the king did was sentence them to death. The wife of the king, Jezebel, she killed, she killed them, but... God still protected a hundred prophets. He preserved them using Abadiah, who hid them in caves. For this king, or the wife of this king, these rulers of that time, it was not convenient for them, for God to send them messages through a true prophet. For the true prophet was admonishing them, exhorting them, and calling them to repent and God was also telling them that if they did not repent he would punish them destroy them that he was going to remove them from the face of the earth they would not receive these messages very well they opted to take the life of the prophet of God so they were more pleased with false prophets who we're also going to read about concerning those false prophets. And now for now, we're going to read about all the true prophets and what they did and well, the consequences, but also we're going to discuss those false prophets and why they were false. Now here, Isaiah or Elijah is sharing that this happened. It's Elijah, 
the prophet Elijah. But let us now read in 1 Kings chapter 19. What did Elijah do? Elijah, he went to deliver the message and what they did was try to seek him to take his life. So poor Elijah had to hide. He fleed. Now here in chapter 19 in verse 10, Elijah, it says that he fled. He fled to hide. For he said, okay, well, they've killed all the prophets of God. And now all that is left are just false prophets. And I am the only prophet of God that remains and they seek to take my life. Verse 9, chapter 19, verse 10. Now he fled to Horeb and he spent the night in a cave. And the word of God came to him and he said to him, now when that word of God came to him, it was through visions. He saw a vision where God was speaking to Elijah. And he says to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And so he said to him in verse 10, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. He felt alone and powerless. So he fled and he said, well, they're seeking me to take my life. And now what is left are false prophets. Let us continue Second Kings. Let us move to Second Kings chapter 22. Second Kings chapter 22, verse 14. Here is another king, King Josiah. King Josiah. Now, when he ruled in Judah, he did what was righteous in the eyes of God. He tried to rebuild once again everything and to do God's will and to keep the law of Moses. He tried to do all of these good things here in 2 Kings 22, verse 14. And it says, So, Hilkiah the priests were reading here concerning the rule of the king, the king at the time, Josiah, who was a king in Judah. Now he did what was right in the eyes of God. He found the book of the law that had been lost and archived, and he found it. And he read the law again and realized that no one was keeping the law of Moses. So he wanted to once again do all of these things to please God. And it says here, verse 14, So Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam, Akbor, Shaphan, and Uzziah went to Huldah, the prophetess. Now we find here, there was a prophetess. And this is also a point, brothers and sisters, my dear brothers and sisters and all of our viewers, let us learn that God uses men and women. There are prophets and prophetesses, and God also used women. Because one day maybe you'll go to a certain place and you will say, well, God has given me the gift of prophecy. I prophesy in the church. I'm a prophetess in the church where I congregate. And they will say, well, no, that is from the devil. That's not from God because God does not use women. 
women are excluded. Well, that is a lie. As you can see here, there was this woman, Huldah, and she was a prophetess. As we also see in Judges, God named a judge in Israel named Deborah. God used her. God used his women. And Miriam, the sister of Moses, was a prophetess. So we learn everything, brothers and sisters. We're learning a lot of things along the way. For we cannot let ourselves be deceived by the devil, nor feel intimidated by him. And the devil comes to threaten us and say, Oh, what you have is not from God. You're false. You're all false. People say we're false, but they don't show what is true then. If you speak of false, of something false, then something true needs to exist. So when someone says to us, well, you're false, I would say, well, then show me who is true. If you can't show me who is true, well, then I don't believe you because you've limited yourself to call us false, but where are the true ones then? So I, I've strayed from the topic, but we have to highlight this. And so this prophetess, Holda, she, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikvah, the son of Haras, keeper of the wardrobe. So this prophetess lived in Jerusalem in the second quarter, and they spoke with her. And so they all went and they inquired of her. And after they inquire of her, because the king had ordered to inquire with this prophetess, Huldah, and she speaks, thus says the Lord God of Israel, tell the man who sent you to me. And here begins her prophecy. And she sent a message to the king, the prophecy of what God was going to do with him and the people later on. So she prophesied. There we have this prophetess who was from God. Now we continue in Jeremiah. Let us go to the book of Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, for we are highlighting the prophets that existed in the time of antiquity. And then we will speak of those prophets. We'll highlight those prophets after in the time of our Lord Jesus Christ and his gospel. Jeremiah 1. Jeremiah in chapter 1. In verse. Verse 5. The Lord makes a calling to Jeremiah. And here in verse 4, Jeremiah shares his experience with God. And he says, And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Now let us remember, in visions, he saw the visions. Only that he wasn't going to say, Well, I had a vision. So in the vision, God appeared to me. No. He cut it short and said, God spoke to me. And let us remember, God said, I will speak through visions and dreams. And so he says, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. And Jeremiah, he answers and he says, oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. But the Lord said to him, Do not say, I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. So you, I will place the words in your mouth, you will speak, and you will do the work that I have appointed you for, the work I have called you for, and this is the plan that I have with you. You will speak to people, you will speak to the kings, you will prophesy to the other nations. 
And well, he had to do that for God spoke it. And so it was God named this prophet Jeremiah and what a prophet he was. When we read the whole book of Jeremiah, it is very beautiful, very marvelous to read Jeremiah. His prophecies, they all came to pass. They had been fulfilled word for word. And so Jeremiah spoke of Jesus Christ as well in many chapters. And so God did great work, a great a great calling to Jeremiah, the prophet of God. We are highlighting the true prophets. Let us go to Jeremiah 7. Jeremiah 7, 25. Jeremiah 7, 25 says, Now the Lord was speaking through the mouth of Jeremiah and also telling Jeremiah what had happened in the beginning. God lamenting the situation that the people, the stubborn, hard people of Israel, idolaters, were living. And in verse 25 says, Since the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt, meaning when Moses, he left with the people of Israel out of Egypt. Pharaoh did not want to let the people go, and God had to work many marvels, many things in Egypt. He sent many plagues and punishment, the death of the firstborn. All of this God allowed in order to submit this Pharaoh, this king who did not want to free the people, but at last Moses was able to walk out with the people. Now, these people... The fathers are who, as they are referred here, here in Jeremiah, since the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt until this day, I have even sent to you all my servants, the prophets, daily rising up early and sending them. Yet they did not obey me. When the Lord is saying here that he sent the prophets, his servants, the prophets, daily rising up early, meaning that before they began to commit sins and all of the abominations, before they contradicted God in all of his commandments. So before that, God spoke to them through the prophets and said, as you are hard of heart in the future, you will do this, you will do that. And so you will then lose the blessing and salvation. You will lose my grace and favor. This is what this means, daily rising up early, meaning before all things happened, the Lord spoke and that word is early, or that's what that means, that early, rising up early and sending them. And daily, meaning that God daily would send the prophets. They were prophesying, speaking to the people, speaking to the kings, those that ruled. He was always speaking to them and no one ever paid attention or obeyed. This is why the Lord was angered, greatly angered and punished harshly. And so the Lord says in 26, yet they did not obey me or incline their ear, their ear but stiffened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. And now the scripture continues and it discusses all of the sins that they committed for they did not want to listen to our God. The Lord, he sent these prophets, these true prophets to them and they did not listen. Let us go to Matthew in the New Testament. Matthew 23 verse 34. 
Matthew 23, verse 34, we are discussing the prophets. And it says, in Matthew 23, 34, I have already found the scripture. I hope that you have as well. Here in Matthew, in this chapter in Matthew, our Lord Jesus Christ is speaking. The Lord is speaking to the people, preaching the gospel, preaching the kingdom of heaven. And he has the people and apostles as his witnesses, but also the scribes and the Pharisees were present who were the enemies of God. Enemies of the Lord, but the Lord here was always teaching. He was giving his teaching. And so, among all the things that the Lord was teaching, here in verse 31 let us read starting from 31 therefore you are witnesses against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets now the lord here he was angry with the pharisees and scribes for they were telling our lord jesus christ that he was false that he was a liar and a false prophet and he was teaching with doctrine telling them many things and he says what is it that you speak of you speak of holiness and perfection if you and your fathers you killed the prophets referring to those prophets of the time of antiquity when elijah said lord they have killed all of your prophets with the sword and i alone remain and they seek to take my life and so here our lord jesus christ is reminding them of it he says your fathers they killed the prophets. Verse 32, fill up then the measure of your father's guilt, serpents, brood of vipers. The Lord was so angry. He calls them brood of vipers. How can you escape the condemnation of hell? Now in that time, if they killed the prophets and now you are accusing me and calling me a false prophet. Verse 34, the Lord Jesus Christ says, therefore, indeed, I send you prophets wise men now the lord here is making a marvelous promise i'm going to send you prophets wise men and scribes some of them you will kill and crucify and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city this was spoken by the lord and he promised and he said he would be sending prophets wise men and scribes and they were going to be persecuted as well the lord is preaching the kingdom of heaven the gospel of the lord the gospel and that he was going to send prophets there are people there are denominations that say the prophets were only for the time of antiquity and today in the gospel of christ there are no prophets that is a lie we are reading here the opposite we're reading here that yes there are prophets there were prophets there are prophets and there will be prophets because this is the promise of our lord jesus christ that he was going to send prophets scribes and here we'll search in acts in the book of acts which now shares the story of the first disciples christian disciples once our lord jesus christ ascended into the heavens 
And he said to all his apostles, he said, Remain in Jerusalem and remain there until you, to, until you receive the power from on high, until you receive the Holy Spirit. And he fills you with power and he will facilitate you. And then you will begin to preach the gospel with power. For you will have to preach and you will have to demonstrate that you have the power of God, the power from on high with miracles and signs and wonders so that people believe that it is God who is with you. So that people hear you, listen to you and believe in you. And who was he giving that order to? Well, his prophets for the apostles were prophets. Here in Acts, we said Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Now we're going to take a look to see if truly God raised prophets up after he ascended into the heavens and made that marvelous promise. Acts 13. It is Acts 13. Acts 13, verse number 1, it says, Now, in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Now, among the prophets and teachers, there was Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. And then his name was changed to Paul, as we know. And they ministered, they were, they were prophets and teachers. And we find here, our Lord Jesus Christ fulfilled his promise. When he said, I will send wise men, scribes, prophets, I will send. He kept his promise here in Acts. We have the experiences of the first prophets, apostles, disciples, Christians, believers, when the church of our Lord Jesus Christ began. And here were these prophets. The Lord kept his word. He fulfilled. What that means is that there were prophets in the time of antiquity. In the time of antiquity, there were prophets. There were good prophets, true prophets, and there were also false prophets. Now, in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, there are prophets. There will be prophets. And the devil will also be raising up false prophets to confuse. To confuse people who have no doctrine. To confuse men and women that are fluctuating, that are not steadfast, and that they believe and then they don't believe and they doubt, and today I have faith, but tomorrow I won't. Today I'll believe, but tomorrow I'm doubting. That's what we mean by fluctuating. And so the devil is there listening to these people who are not steadfast, who have no conviction. The devil says, okay, you are, you are ready or you are perfect for me to deceive. So we must learn who is true, those characteristics of those true prophets and well, the false prophets and what their char characteristics are like. Here in chapter 15, verse 32, 
Now, in, it says that in Jerusalem, all of the prophets were there, some gathered together, and some were praying, and the Holy Spirit was speaking to them. And they would go there, they would distribute their work, and they would go throughout different regions to evangelize and to teach the doctrine. And so it says in verse 30, so when they were sent off, they came to Antioch, and when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the letter. And so the apostles delivered that letter, and it says in verse 32, now Judas and Silas themselves, being prophets also, exhorted and strengthened the brethren with many words. Meaning, like Judas and Silas, they were prophets. They prayed, they laid on hands, they taught the doctrine, and they confirmed to all the brothers and sisters regarding the spiritual gifts that God had promised. And they confirmed once again the doctrine of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that unity, there was unity among them. For they were prophets of God. They were the prophets that God had spoke and said that he would set in his church, appoint in his church these prophets, these scribes, these wise men, these apostles. And so we are realizing that there are apostles after our Lord Jesus Christ. There are prophets. There are teachers. There are. They exist. It's not like how people said it's only in the time of antiquity. Only that for the end, if any of the brothers and sisters who are here with me, in the end, if you can remind me, because I must say, what was the task or duty of the prophets of the time of antiquity and who they had to prophesy to? And what is the task and duties of the prophets after the gospel? Who do they prophesy to? And so I ask you the favor to remind me because I, I get so excited and I'm flooded with different ideas that God gives me and so I overlook things and I forget and that's, this is important. And so now we're going to 21, Acts 21, verse 9. Acts 21, verse 9. Now, Paul, he traveled to Jerusalem. He visited the church. He visited the congregation and the brothers and sisters. He visited homes. And he arrived in verse 8 the next day. We, who were Paul's companions, departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip, the evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. So they stayed with Philip, the evangelist. Now in the time, there were no hotels. The hotels were the houses of other brothers and sisters. How beautiful that is. And it says, we stayed with him, Philip, the evangelist. Verse 9, now I hope that you are reading at home as well. Now this man, meaning Philip, the evangelist, had four virgin daughters, four virgin daughters who prophesied. So they prophesied, or they were prophetesses. Four daughters. As you can see, in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord also uses women. And he will continue to use them. And someone said, well... Apostle Paul or Timothy, and I don't remember who spoke this, if it was Paul or Timothy, and 
women should remain silent in the congregation, for I do not allow women to speak. And I heard someone criticize and say, well, why is Maria Luisa teaching if Paul or Timothy, I don't remember, said that women ought to remain silent and cannot preach? So, who knows more? Do you know more? Or here, when it says Paul arrived to the house of the evangelist, Philip, and he had four daughters who prophesied. They were prophetesses. Who was right? This, what we are reading, or you who criticize? Because what Paul or Timothy, I'm not sure which disciple spoke this, he spoke this with a reason, with one reason. There's context to it. And he knows exactly why he said it. He did not make it as a general thing, but in the moment, there was divisions, there was conflict among that congregation. There were complaints because people would write letters to the apostle complaining about all of the anomalies that were occurring, so he had to act this way. But it does not mean that if there are women that are prophetesses or there are women with the spiritual gifts from God, will they not work the spiritual gifts? They must work them because what God gave them is to work and not to remain doing nothing at home. And so if God gives, now here these daughters, Philip's daughters, they prophesied because I can't imagine that they would lock themselves up in a room and not participate. So then why did God give them the gift of being a prophetess if they were not going to work their spiritual gift? So they would come and they would gather as a church and they began to prophesy to all of those that were present all the attendees, so we see that God gives the spiritual gifts and God gives them those spiritual gifts to women to work. Now, we don't know if when the apostles said, do not do this, women, maybe those of that time, they did not have spiritual gifts. In not having the spiritual gifts, well, then they were maybe being imprudent and they were maybe giving orders without having the spiritual gifts and God was not sending them to work and to evangelize and do certain uh, work in the church. And this is perhaps why the apostle said, it is better for you to remain silent, not participate, and wait for God to give you your spiritual gifts and sets you to go work and for God to use you. All right, so here we are here with the prophets and we're seeing that God was using women as well. Now we continue in 21, Acts 21. I was searching Acts 31, uh, 31, but it doesn't exist. Acts 21, we've already read verse 9, but now let us go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians, which is later, it's further ahead. You'll find Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Here in Ephesians, Apostle Paul is reminding and teaching the doctrine, teaching people, teaching the church in Ephesus to seek what is spiritual and to not forget that God is one and the Holy Spirit unites the church and people through His Spirit, through the spiritual gifts. And in such a way that all needed to believe in one God, one Lord, one Spirit, one baptism, for this was the unity of the Spirit of God. 
And he reminded them and said to them in verse 11, And he himself gave some, now meaning he, our Lord Jesus, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And it is all, or the objective, the purpose of it all, is for the equipping of the saints or the believers in the congregations so that they may prepare themselves in working for the Lord so that all of the believers may serve the Lord so that all together they may edify the body of Christ for all men and women with the spiritual gifts some prophets, some are apostles, some are evangelists, some are teachers, some are pastors, with the gifts of visions, dreams, and discernment, all of the spiritual gifts, the believers all praying for one another, God working miracles and signs in them all. That is how the church of our Lord Jesus Christ is formed, the body of Christ, his church that is made up of hearts of men and women converted to God. And this is why the Lord sent in his gospel, he sent and he will send because the generations, they come and they go. Today we are here, tomorrow we're not, but there are others that are coming to occupy and to do the work maybe even better than what we're doing now because it is God who prepares, it is God who capacitates, it is God who gives the power, the support, the backing, the authority, and power to men and women who want to serve him in his gospel. It is God who clothes them with power from on high, and he gives them all of these spiritual gifts, all these marvels, so that they may preach and teach and lay on hands so that the miracles, the work of God may be seen. The fruits may be seen. And so, here, that in this way, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, of the edification of the body of Christ. Now, all of this is for the perfection of it all. Now, if Christ is the head and the body is a church, now Christ being the head, he is perfect. Now, the body, the church, needs to be perfect as well. And who perfects it? I repeat, the spiritual gifts. This ministry of the apostleship, the ministry of the prophets, men and women that are prophetesses, prophets and prophetesses, evangelists, men and women, pastors, men and women, and teachers, men and women. This because the Lord came to give work to all. There is a verse that says, the apostle says, that in the gospel, no longer... Is there a, a distinguishment between races or creeds or languages? There is no servants or, or, or masters. There will no, be no difference between men and women. All will be one, one heart for God. And the Lord is no longer observing if it is a man or a woman. What he is observing is the heart, a heart that wants to serve him a heart that devotes themselves to our Lord and seeks Him. And so the Lord is observing those hearts. No longer is He observing, are they men or women? 
So our God, he has also given work to women, and we're learning this so that you're not uncomfortable with this. And one of these days, you're seeking the Lord, and the Lord will tell you, I will use you so that you go and preach. And you say, well, no, in my church, they prohibit me. In my church, they've said women can't, that they take no part in this. And so will you give more credit to what they say in your church, your pastor, to those words then that our Lord speaks? Will you give more credit to that? No, we need to see fruits. We need to see the results, the proof, the signs. And the signs, well, we've seen them. We've lived those signs from God, the signs of God. The Lord, 50 years ago, we gathered, four people gathered to pray on Saturdays. We prayed all night, just the four of us, and suddenly the Holy Spirit manifested himself and began to speak, began to speak through the mouth, through the mouth of a human being, for that is how the Holy Spirit speaks. This is how prophecy happens. The Holy Spirit uses the mouth, the tongue of a man or woman, and the Lord begins to speak to other people. And the Holy Spirit that night began to speak and would say, continue to congregate, for I will form a very great church here in this country. Now, in the time we were in Colombia, he says, here in Colombia and abroad, my church will be great. And I will bring the people. I will take charge of bringing the people and I will take charge of converting the hearts. And I will give you all the things necessary for you will not lack the money that you will need in order to do all this because you will need to travel to many places around the world and the church will be very great. We were only four at the time. And so in these 50 years that have passed, God has fulfilled his word. And God spoke of the money, and he said, and you will not lack the money. And thanks be to the Lord, time has passed. And I said this the other day, there's about 1,200 churches in 60 different countries. We have groups. The congregation of the Lord is present. He is forming his congregation. And all are united in those 60 countries or more. Because truly, sometimes when we watch a Bible study, they are seen in about 102 different countries. But as an established congregation with the licensure, it's 60 countries. But the word of our Lord has come to pass through the mouth of a prophetess. The prophetess prophesied of this, and it has come to pass. And the Lord, well, he's kept his word. The money has not lacked. He has provided all the money necessary for all of the expenses. And there has been no need in telling people or of us, the leadership, in sticking our hands in people's pockets and taking the money out. Or to tell someone, you need to give such amount of money, a certain quota. Or when we have a, a gathering, we're not asking for the offering two or three times. We have taught, you give your tithing, for this is an order from God, a duty for the Lord that he ordered. We've taught this and nothing more. 
There is no list here where we say, well, here this person gave this much of a tithing and the most that he tithes, well, he'll be in the first place. The, whoever gives the most money will name him an apostle or a prophet. We will give him this title as a reward for he gives the most money. No, that does not happen here with us. That is not with God. That does not go well with our Lord. That's materialism and greed. There is no list in seeing who gave the tithe or not. No one, we don't follow up with anyone and say, do you give the tithing and how much are you giving the tithing? I need to see how much you're giving. No, never. We never do this with anyone. People can testify that this is, this is true. And so what happened? Well, the promise of our Lord is coming to pass. It is fulfilled when he prophesied through the prophetess and said, do not worry about the money, I will provide. And so it is the Lord who multiplies and provides and he blesses the congregation and he puts in people's hearts in the hearts of the believers to give their tithing and God blesses them. The only one who does know who gives the tithing is God. The only one who knows who gives more or little, or it's the Lord. And God blesses. And people testify that God is blessing them. This is the proof. This is the sign. The sign of the prophet, of that prophetess, the true prophets and prophetesses of God who give signs, who give fruits. They bear the fruits. We must see them. It is that. And so it's not possible for someone to judge hastily. Do not judge hastily. Do not say, oh, you are false or you are liars because the Bible says there are false prophets. Yes, the Bible says there are false prophets, but it also speaks of true prophets and also their traits that in the end we will explain what they are. And so God has fulfilled and the churches are all united because the Holy Spirit keeps them united. And it's not that each church, the pastor in charge, is the one who owns the congregation and does what he wants. No, they are all governed and led by the Holy Spirit. How beautiful that is. This is our church. This is our church. All in those countries that are far off and they speak other languages we don't understand. But we look at different people. We have the same language, that abstract language, that language of love, that love of God, that presence of God in each of us. And so it is this God fulfilling. And as God has fulfilled, we believe that God has spoken to us. We believe that God gives prophets. He appoints prophets and prophetesses. Now we continue in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. Apostle Paul here is also in verse 27 Paul says now you meaning the believers in the church the congregation he says now you are the body of Christ and members individually so each one individually is a member of the body of Christ so we might say well what, what am I am I a thumb am I a nail well whatever it be glory to God I am a member of the body of Christ verse 28 and God has appointed these in the church. First, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers. After that, miracles and those that have the gift of healings, those that help and have administrations, those who have varieties of tongues. Well, 
God, he appointed this in the church of our Lord Jesus Christ for those who say the prophets were only for the time of antiquity and that today there are no longer any prophets. Do not be deceived. You are deceiving yourself with your own opinion. Read the Bible and you will see that you will learn rather than listening to other people that are just talking and saying there are no prophets. They're just for the time of antiquity. They don't exist today. That's a lie. Read the Bible yourself and you'll find the truth of God. Read the Bible with a sincere heart and you will see how God will, will reveal and show you all those hidden secrets and mysteries. Praises and glory be to our God. We give the honor and glory to him. Now here in chapter 14, chapter 14, verse 29. And please excuse me if I take a little longer today. In 29, chapter 14, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29. Now, the apostle was advising the church when they gather as a church, and there are so many spiritual gifts. In the church in Corinth, it seems as though there were many spiritual gifts among them. And the apostle, he said, oh, I'm going to teach them to be more organized, for there is disorder. And so everyone is prophesying at the same time, and no one is listening to the prophecy. So I'm, since they're all prophesying, well, then they should all take turns. So in verse 29, he says to them, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. Or verse 28, but if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in church and let him speak to himself and to God. Verse 29, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. So judge or analyze what did the Lord speak through these prophets. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first prophet keep silent. So whoever the Lord gave the revelation to. And so for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and may be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. So this is saying that it is in order that these prophets can stop from giving their prophecy because all cannot prophesy at the same time it needs to be with order so if there's a prophet that god is giving revelations to and god is using him and he sees that the others as well well then he can remain silent and wait for them to share and if he is able to well then he'll begin to share his revelation that prophecy god has given him and so everything in order for there were many in the church and so it is this, the prophets, as you can see, there are prophets in the New Testament. You see, there are prophets in the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, there are prophets. So do not believe what others are telling you, that they were only for the time of antiquity and now the ones that exist today are false. No, that's very curious that God or the devil, the devil needs to beat the Lord in that aspect. The devil can set false prophets and God cannot set true prophets. No. Well, then the devil is more powerful than God. That's ridiculous. That is not so. God is above everything. God is above all. And God does things. What the devil does is imitate. He imitates everything he sees from God. The devil 
imitates what he sees the Lord give his church the spiritual gifts and being prophets and being evangelists, being teachers. The devil sees that and he says, okay, well, I'm also going to raise up my people and I'm going to also give them a spirit of divination so that there is competition and that people would rather go to where the spirits of divination are and they don't believe them because that is what the enemy does. He destroys the heart, the souls, and he leads them. He leads them and causes them to twist from the way, to, to stray from the correct path. That's what the enemy does. He imitates the work of God. And so the devil sees that the Lord established church, uh, tongues in the church, the gifts of interpretation of tongues, and people pray to God, and the Lord allows them to speak in another tongue or language, well, the devil says, okay, I can do the same with my people, with those who are sinning, those that are doing what is wrong, those who are hard of heart and rebellious and stubborn, well, those are the believers of the devil. That is his congregation. So he goes there and he also allows them to speak in tongues. And so they start to doing a lot of strange things and they frighten people because the devil always wants to imitate the work of God imitate the work of the Lord but we there is a verse the Lord gives us a key here of how to defend ourselves and how to flee from the traps of the enemy and the imitation of the enemy very quickly we will be reading concerning the false prophets very quickly we'll be reading in Deuteronomy chapter 13 verse 1 through 3 concerning the false prophets now the Lord is speaking in Deuteronomy now I like for people to read because I don't want people to say that I'm making things up this is why I like for you to read as well so that you can see that this is true it exists this order from God it exists here in Deuteronomy 13 verse 1 to 3 if there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and he gives you a sign or a wonder and that sign or the wonder comes to pass of which he spoke to you saying let us go after other gods he says well what does the Lord need to do with these people well this prophet or dreamer of dreams deserves to be punished and destroyed that people should not follow them or people should not follow that example or the words spoken by that false prophet, that false dreamer, for it is the devil working to destroy their spiritual life and to remove them from the true place, the true church, and to lead them down the path of error. And so the Lord in Deuteronomy says to Moses, if there is a prophet, a false prophet, he is worthy of death. Sentence him to death because Evil cannot search. Now, in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ, he did not say, if there are false prophets, kill them. No, he says, leave them. I will be the one to charge. You continue seeking the truth, and I will punish those that are false. Those that are deceiving others, I will punish. And so you see the, the regulation or the rule changed. In the, in the Old Testament, it was a physical punishment, but then the Lord... He is the one who takes charge himself of punishing these false prophets. Here in 1 Kings, in 1 Kings we are reading concerning Jezebel and Elijah. In 1 Kings, 
when Elijah presented himself before the Lord, telling him that they had killed all the prophets and that only he alone remained. And there was a king of Israel that they were going to war in 1 Kings 18. He was going to war and he says, we must inquire of the Lord. Is there not a prophet of God among us? And the other king, as he was evil, the king of Israel was evil. He says, no, there was only one prophet but he only prophesies bad things. He always prophesies what is bad, so I, I rather not inquire of him. I inquire my 400 prophets that I have, and they tell me what I want to hear. They prophesy what I like. What I want to hear, that's what they tell me. But this other prophet of God, what he says is rebuke me, exhort me. He admonishes me and threatens me, so I, I won't use him. In 1 Kings chapter 18, verse number 19. Now in verse 19. And he gave the order. Now these kings were headed to war. But there were no prophets. So in verse 17. Then it, then it happened when Ahab, who was the evil king, saw Elijah. That Ahab said to him, Is that you, O troubler of Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the Baals. Now therefore send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah. These are the false prophets. Now Asherah was a god. And it says, who eat at Jezebel's table. That was Jezebel, the wife of Ahab. So he said, Elijah, I need them all on Mount Carmel. And Elijah said, I'm going to challenge you. The 450. So there was about 800 false prophets gathered together. And Elijah was the only true prophet of God. And the story tells us that being there, Elijah... He gave the turn to the false prophets and said, Pray to your God and ask your God. For in that time, there was drought. It had not rained. And everyone was dying because there was no food. That day, they were going to pray to God so that it would rain. And so Elijah said, You pray and see if your gods, your idols, will hear you. And it says that they would pray, they would scream and shout, and they would, uh, they would cut themselves and they would bleed. They would sacrifice their own bodies, and God never, their gods never heard them. Now, when it was Elijah's turn, he prayed to God. He created an altar, he placed his wood, he put water, and he prayed to God, and God sent fire. And so his burnt offering was consumed, and God revealed to Elijah to quickly leave, because then it would rain. And it did, it rained. And when Elijah, he saw that his God had heard his petition and that the others the 800 were false it says he had them killed he had all of those pro false prophets killed for the law of moses said that those false prophets needed to be killed and so this existed in the time of antiquity the true prophets and the false prophets and as I explained to you concerning those true and false prophets, now I'm going to skip some verses here. But let us read 
in Jeremiah, in chapter 23, Jeremiah chapter 23, Jeremiah 23, verse 21 and verse 30. Now Jeremiah, God was telling Jeremiah that he had not sent those prophets to prophesy and that the kings, they had heard the false prophets for the false prophets said things that they were happy with, things that they wanted to hear, while the true prophet of our God, he, what he was doing was admonishing them because of their sin. Now in verse 21, we're reading Jeremiah 23, verse 21 says, I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. They were the false prophets. And the Lord was saying, I did not send them. Had they, it says, but if they had stood in my counsel and had caused my people to hear my words, then they would have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their doings. Verse 30, therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, those false prophets, says the Lord, who steal my words, every one from his neighbor. So they are deceiving the people, deceiving the kings, these false prophets, saying that what they were doing was very well and that they should continue doing what they were doing, the evil things that they were doing, that they should continue on because it was very well and go on to battle. You'll win the battle. You will triumph. And it turns out it was quite the opposite. For God was so angry. This is why he allowed those false prophets to deceive them because of their own sin, their rebellion against God deserved that punishment. So God delivered them to that lie. And those same false prophets deceived them. And when they said that there would be peace in Jerusalem, then there came war and destruction. The words of the true prophets came to pass. And those prophecies of those false prophets they remained in nothing. And so they were deceived. They were destroyed. They were punished. For that is what happens. And so today, today, the Lord Jesus Christ in his church, he appoints apostles and prophets. And he also speaks to us. And we must obey our God. And we must do what is right and righteous. And if not, then God would also need to punish. But before then, let us read in Second Peter. In Second Peter, let us go to the New Testament. In Second Peter, chapter number two. Second Peter, chapter two. We'll be reading verse one. Now, Apostle Peter, he speaks today. For our current time now today I'm saying 2,000 years to the to the present time the gospel of our Lord has been preached maybe halfway but the gospel has been in function but today now 
50 years since then, we've been enjoying the presence of our Lord and the presence of the Holy Spirit in that true gospel that God is giving to us. And so this gospel is the one that we want to invite you all to enjoy. But also, as you can see here, Apostle Peter, this is what he was saying. He was preaching and he was a prophet. And he preached, and Peter, chapter 2, verse 1, but there were also false prophets among the people, the people of, of Israel in the time of antiquity, even as there will be false teachers among you. So false prophets, false teachers, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. And it says, and many will follow their destructive ways. Many because of their, it says here, many because of the truth of will be blasphemed, because of, of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. Because of this, verse 3, by covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. So it says here, if God did not forgive the angels, he will not forgive these false prophets that are jeopardizing and destroying the lives of the believers, those men and women who truly are following the path of our Lord. And so he does not allow this. God does not allow these things. Now to conclude, Matthew chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7, In Matthew chapter 7, what the Lord Jesus Christ has taught us of how to distinguish the true prophets and how to know the difference between those false prophets. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. Verse 15 verse 15 to 20, now it says, now our Lord Jesus Christ is teaching here, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Now it says, do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Now, the Lord here is giving us the key and giving us or teaching us what we need to do to beware of those false prophets. What are those traits or what, what is needed to be done? And so even so, verse 17, even so every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Now, if a prophet is true, he needs to let themselves be used by God, or God uses that true prophet. And when that prophet, if that prophet or prophetess is true, and they prophesy everything that comes from God, and it comes to pass, it comes to pass, it is fulfilled. And now it says, but a bad tree, a bad tree bears that bad fruit, meaning that they prophesy they deceive people and 
everything that they speak and prophesy never comes to pass because they are bad, because they are bearing bad fruits. They are false. They are a liar. It is a person not appointed by God. They are an imposter. God has not appointed them as a prophet. God has not appointed them as an apostle or a teacher. Has not appointed them. What maybe they were given was a title. There in their church, they gave them a title, maybe because they gave a high tithing, a lot of money, so they were on this list. They gave them a title of evangelist or apostle. But if they're going to go and exert their apostleship or the ministry of a prophet or teacher, well, they're in nothing for their, they are a lie. Now, if someone comes and because of their sin, they are possessed by a deceiving spirit by the devil. So the devil says, okay, well, they have prophets there. I'm going to tell this person he is a prophet. I'm going to deceive them and tell them they are a prophet. So I'm going to help them too. Because the devil in a certain way has power and he can do many things himself. He can deceive men and women by doing things and, and manifesting himself. And we call that, maybe people call that magic or things happen unexpected things happen and so the devil deceives in this way he deceives people physically materialistically with the titles given to them in congregations but they have nothing from God because it, it, it is again given by God directly a person needs to have that power from God to exert and exercise those gifts just as with with Jesus Christ, he was shown with the miracles and signs. He showed that he had that power from God. And when he left prophets in the church, he said the same thing. God will give you that power. It is not people. It is God. And so you need to pray, lay on hands, and you need to see the miracles and the signs. If you are not seeing anything fulfilled of what you prophesy, well, then beware. It is because it is not God who is speaking. And this is what we are enjoying in our congregation. We have seen those prophecies, what God speaks, what he's promised for a long time. And we have seen the fulfillment day after day. This is why we believe. This is why people believe. I don't have the power to convince thousands of people. It is God who convinces them. It is the Holy Spirit with the fulfillment, with the realities, with seeing those fruits and those things seen the reality fulfilled and it is God who does that so our Lord Jesus Christ was right he says a good tree cannot bear bad fruit a good tree cannot bear bad fruit nor can a bad tree bear good fruit every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire they disappear they're punished so therefore by their fruits you will know them our Lord Jesus Christ taught this by your fruits you shall you will know them you in the church if you say you are prophets, then you need to show that you truly are being used by God. God is using you. But if you are not showing this, but it was just a title given to you and nothing more, well, then you are false. And also those who let themselves be possessed by deceiving spirits. And so people who will say or criticize us and saying, well, this is a lie. This is false. You are false. Well, if we are false, well, then where are the true prophets? Show us where those true prophets are. 
Because they have to exist, but if they don't exist, well then you can't say this. So first, you need to examine and analyze and live the experience before you judge because you can sin by judging or by you can be you can judge and you sin in this way and so judging and you can do a lot of things there's breaking the law infractions of the law there's fornication thefts all of these things is sin we know that this these are all things that are a sin and so those that practice those things they cannot receive from god the spiritual gifts they cannot receive that ministry of being a prophet they cannot be a teacher an apostle for they are a tree bearing bad fruit a good tree that bears good fruit they have no grudges they have no resentment there is no fornication there is no murders there's no thefts there's only holiness in this man or woman this is a good tree that bears good fruit and so this is what we need to seek so the prophets in the time of antiquity those that existed in the time of antiquity now i'm going to give you the explanation of what i told the brothers and sisters here to remind me of i did not forget so in the time of antiquity the prophets that prophesied there were good and there were bad they were there were true prophets and false prophets but let us speak of those true prophets that god used in the time of antiquity what did he use them for what did they prophesy those prophets they prophesied concerning our lord jesus christ they prophesied concerning the messiah that the Messiah would come in the future, the Savior, the Precursor, who would give eternal life, who would save, who would rule with righteousness, with judgment and knowledge and wisdom, who would be forming his church. They prophesied all of the prophecies in the time of antiquity. Those prophets, they were always prophesying concerning the coming of the Messiah. If you read Isaiah, you will find that it speaks of the church and the Savior, the King, the true King, Jesus Christ. And you will find that all the prophecies, all were inclined to one point. The Messiah would come. The perfect Kim king is coming, for all the other kings were failures, but there will come a king who will give peace and joy. All were excited thinking that there was going to be a physical king that would come and rule physically, but that was not so, because the Lord Jesus Christ came to rule, but his kingdom is spiritual, it is heavenly. This is why our Lord Jesus Christ, when he was preaching the gospel, they wanted to crown him as a king, the people did, but he said, no, my kingdom is not of this world, my kingdom is spiritual. And so from here on out, the kingdom is set, the kingdom of heaven, but it is spiritual. People will need to seek God in spirit and truth because there will no longer be a physical temple for you to seek God. There no longer is a specific city for you to go there and seek him, no. Now it is each man, each woman that will convert and become that temple of God. Because each man, each woman, all together will form one body, one building, one church, which is the body of Christ. And this 
And this is exactly why here in the Gospels we find a verse that the Lord himself spoke. Our Lord Jesus Christ said the law and the prophets, they prophesied up to John, the last prophet of the time of antiquity that prophesied concerning the Messiah was John the Baptist. Because John the Baptist prophesied and he told them, repent for after me comes the Messiah, the Savior who will baptize with fire. And he, you need to be prepared when he comes. He will baptize you with fire in the spirit. And so he spoke and he said, I am not worthy. I'm not worthy of loosening his sandals. And so John prophesied about the Messiah. He, pro he prophesied concerning the kingdom of heaven. And this is why the Lord Jesus Christ said the prophets and the law of Moses, they spoke of me, even John. They spoke of who? Well, they spoke of the Messiah. Now in this time, after our Lord Jesus Christ and his gospel, now the prophets, the apostles, the evangelists and teachers that the Lord Jesus Christ has appointed in his church and will appoint in his church, it is so that they prophesy no longer to prophesy about the Messiah, for the Messiah had already has already come. They will not no longer prophesy in the future and saying the Messiah is coming. No, the Messiah is here. And so what is the task or the duty or the traits of the prophets of today, the prophets of the true gospel of Jesus Christ? What are their traits? Well, their prophecy, their revelation, or their spiritual gifts, it is for the perfection of each man, each woman that congregates as a church. And so all men, all women that are converting to the true gospel, they receive the Holy Spirit, they receive the spiritual gifts, and the Lord to some, he establishes them as prophets and prophetesses, others are teachers, evangelists, but they now will speak of the kingdom of heaven. They will say, repent, live a holy life, do not sin, because the Lord is coming, he will come in the clouds to gather his people, his church, and if you are not prepared, you will remain for condemnation and God will lead those who are prepared. Now the apostleship, the prophets, the evangelists, the teachers, the Lord has appointed them for each man, each woman to be perfected so that the day the Lord comes in the clouds, he will gather those that are perfected. He will gather them because they are his church. And so you, what you need to do is repent. And so the prophets, the prophetesses, they begin to lay on hands and to give revelations to these men and women. And to this man, he says, you come to church, but they're outside. You are committing adultery. You are enamoring other women and you have a wife. And so this prophetess or prophet tells this to that believer and the believer says, well, this is true. Who shared this with you? Who told you? Well, it's, they're a prophet, they're a prophetess, and God is using them to tell you to repent. To another, he will say, you are stealing. Once there were two men that came to our congregation. We were all praying, and I went and I prayed for one of them. And the whole, and as I am a prophetess, the Lord used me to speak to this man and say, and he said, you are going to go through, or you are going into business with a man who has no money, but it is not, 
profitable for you to go into business with this person because you will lose your money. Now this man was shocked for this was true because with the other person he had come with, this was the person he was going into business with. And so he left happily because he said, okay, well, I'm not going to go through with this business. And he told his friend in the prophecy, they told me that I'm going to go into business, but you have no money and we're going to lose. We're going to go bankrupt. Now the other person said, well, that's a lie. Don't believe that. That's a lie. Don't believe that. We won't go back. And they didn't come back, but they did go through with the business and they lost all their money. And then they came to share their, their story with us. This is what the prophets of today do. The prophets or the prophetesses. They pray for a person and they speak the hidden things of their hearts. For what purpose? It's so that they change. They live an upright, holy life to another. I once also prayed for a man who came and said, you live with two women at the same time. You must leave one. Go with the one you love more. The Lord knew he loved one more than the other. And he said, the one you love more, go with her. Now, he, it seems as though he had not actually signed any marriage papers with either of them, but he had them both as wives without any type of documentation. So the Lord said, who you love more, go with her and leave the other, for this is adultery. Now the man was shocked. He said, yes, I believe it is God who is here because this is a secret. This is my secret. Now, this is the first time I've come here. Who knows my secrets, the secret of my life and how I live my life. Now, this is the duty of the prophets and the prophetesses. Now, there was once a woman who came for the first time. And in the prophecy, the Lord said, you, you want to have an abortion, but do not do it for it is a son you carry in your womb. And that son will support you in life. And she said, yes, tomorrow I was going to go to a place a certain place where they perform abortions and I was going to abort my child. And now I won't do it. Now she had the son, she had her baby. She had a son as the Lord spoke and she continued in the church for she converted. And when her son became an adult, he was the one who supported her. He would pay for everything she needed. He always watched for her, just as the Lord said to her, and now this is the duty of the prophets and the prophetesses of today in the gospel of Christ. The Lord speaking to each man, each woman, telling them, do not sin, do not do this, do not do that. Live a holy life. For then each person then says, yes, I will repent. God is telling me what I'm living, my, the secrets of my life that no one knows. God tells me that I need to abandon certain things. I will abandon it. I will live a holy life. And in this way, this is how the church is perfected. This is why in Ephesians chapter 4, 11, the Lord appointed apostles, pa uh, pastors, preachers, teachers for the perfection of the, uh, the equipping of the saints to form the body of Christ. For that head is Christ and the body needs to be perfect. And with the spiritual gifts, the Lord speaking to each man, each woman, they are perfected. They abandon sin. They seek the Lord and they are sanctified. This is what's true. This is true. But once again, I repeat, if you go to your churches and they give you a title, you're wasting your time because you have no power or support from God. 
those titles are given by God to whom he wants to give them to. If you also want to be a prophet or a prophetess, to be an evangelist or teacher, well, we invite you here to our congregation. Be sincere and seek the Lord with sincerity, and you will see how God will bless you and will make you participant in his church. May God bless you all, and I hope that I have made myself clear and you have understood. May God bless you greatly. Now we're going to pray to our Lord. Oh, Heavenly Father, Holy Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy, for your truth, for your word. Thank you for your promises, because you have made many promises and you have fulfilled it all. And every day we see the fulfillment of your marvelous promises. Thank you, Holy Father, for the miracles and the signs. Thank you for that as well. For you have worked many miracles and signs and, and healings for people. When people are listening to the teachings, you work miracles and signs. You free them. You deliver them. You've cleansed them. And so, Lord, I also pray that in these moments, you extend your hand, Lord that you extend your healing hand upon all people that are physically ill, their internal organs are ill, their external organs, their skin, their bones, all of their joints, people that suffer from their hearing or people that suffer from their vision, people who have issues with their heart and babies that are hospitalized in intensive care, children that are in the wombs of their mother that have sicknesses, and all of these sufferings and all of these petitions that people make to you, Lord, they want you to work a miracle in their lives. I pray to you, Lord, that you work these healings, that you deliver in each person. And also, Lord, that you give revelations and that you show them your path so that they may convert to you and that their prayers may be heard by you, Lord. Holy Father, extend your hand also and deliver all the people who have those spirits, those demons of drug addiction, those who watch pornography, for they corrupt, they corrupt their thoughts, they corrupt their morals, their being. They are corrupted, for these are vices, these are demons and spirits that come to people. And I pray, Lord, that you deliver them from all of these tendencies, of all of these vices. Destroy all of this evil work, and the witchcraft and sorcery and curses, remove all of that, cut it away. And hear the prayers of all of those who call out to you. Have mercy, Lord, and deliver. Heal, cleanse, Lord. Thank you, my God. Thank you, Lord, for listening to us, for hearing our petition. Thank you, Lord, for comforting us. And because, Lord, you will be granting the desires of the heart to each person. Blessed and praised is your name forevermore. I praise you, Lord, and I give you the honor and the glory. And in the glorious name of Jesus Christ, your beloved Son, we pray all these things, that you, Lord, may work miracles and signs. Thank you, my God, and help us to continue in your path and to serve you. Thank you, my Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. The honor and the glory be for our God. We will be singing to the Lord Chorus, number 172, I know that you are here. I know that you are here, my Lord. I know that you are here. I know that you are here, my Lord. I know that you are here. My soul praises you, 
My soul praises you. My soul praises you. I know that you are here. My soul praises you. My soul praises you. My soul praises you. I know that you are here. I know that you are here, my Lord. I know that you are here. I know that you are here, my Lord. I know that you are here. My soul praises you. My soul praises you. My soul praises you. I know that you are here. My soul praises you. My soul praises you. My soul praises you. I know that you are here. Blessed is our Lord, and we know that you are here with us, Lord. And thanks be to our God. May the Lord bless you all greatly. May God be with you always. Thank you, and may God bless you. I love you, and I send you hugs and many, many kisses to you all. I love you, and the children as well. I love you. May God bless you all. Thank you.